I, I never even thought being a tattoo artist was a possibility. Like it was never like in my mind of like, oh yeah, you can be a tattoo artist for a job. Like it was always like, go to college. Yeah. I'm my very worst critic. I go home and I tear <laughs> every single piece of work I do apart. Like I'm like, damn, like why am I even tattooing? Like what, what am I doing? And so I look at it, I take my own criticism and then I figure out, okay, what can I do better next time? So whether I'm watching videos, I'm zooming in on my photos, zooming in at other photos, and it's like, hey, this is where you went wrong. How can you do this better? And I make sure I don't make the same mistake twice. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys are ready for a new episode of The Thinking Project. But before I introduce my next guest, you know I got to let you know how to follow the podcast. So if you're more comfortable receiving emails, join the newsletter. Join the newsletter at daltonkjensen.com. The button's right there under join the newsletter or if you're more comfortable texting text podcast to the number 801-441-3705 that's 801-441-3705 don't do it while you're driving but join the text community and the newsletter to uh, get ready for exclusive offers from our sponsors to uh, stay up to date with all things the thinking project and to just join the community that's what this is for a big networking community where We can all just really benefit from the relationships we have with other people. So with all that being said, let me introduce Spencer Rogic, who is a phenomenal human being. He's a tattoo artist out of Ogden. Uh, I've had a lot of tattoo artists on and, and from the tattoo industry in general, but Spencer was a really special conversation because he was able to go full time uh, being an entrepreneur. We talked about imposter syndrome. We talked about uh, taking the leap even when it doesn't feel like you're supposed to. So overall, amazing conversation. You're going to learn a lot from it. So please welcome Spencer Rogers and don't forget to share this with your friends. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome everybody. This is Don Jensen and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Spencer, how are you, my man? I'm doing great, Dalton. How you doing, brother? <laughs> good, good. So yeah. you're so now. This was the funniest part when we met. You, when uh, I posted this on uh, Facebook in Connect Utah, uh, I you know I was looking for people to come on the podcast. Uh, I love Connect Utah, but when when you messaged me when you reached out, uh, it said uh, that you were you we had mutual friends, and one of them was Lamar Jimison. Mm-hmm. It just so happens to be my brother-in-law. Yep. So, so how did you, how did you guys meet? So we started working out together. Um, I was living over in Layton and just going to the anytime fitness. I was a personal trainer over there. So I was always there and Lamar was always there and we just kind of started growing up and working out together <laughs> and just feeding me on, deer steaks. And yeah, so it's, it's been good. <laughs> Dude, he, uh, he is a hunter, which oh, is yeah. uh, different because I knew Lamar growing up and we weren't hunters like, but, but uh, he kind of, he kind of flipped that, that script when he came out to Utah, he, you know, um, our uncle uh, Paul is a big hunter. And so he kind of fell into that route, but dude, it's great though. He, he uh, lets us have some elk, gives us oh, some yeah. deer and it's, uh, uh, it's great, man. And you know, what's funny. Have you, have you lived, are you like a, are you a hunter? I'm not now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Me either. I'm not either. So we're there. You go. 
but well, but you've had the deer here. What's, oh, yeah. What was interesting, and I've talked to Lamar about this before, is the deer. So I'm from Iowa. Lamar grew up in Illinois, most okay. well, mostly in Illinois. But uh, the deer out there is very different. Is it? It's, um, yeah, it's they're like you know the it's whitetail. They're all corn fed, and depending on where you shoot out here, you know you just get very lean. Uh, and like, uh, it's just different. It, it, de- it definitely doesn't taste the same, but yeah. it's fu- so that's funny. That's kind of funny. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. but let's, t- let's talk about you, homie. Um, so you're a local tattoo artist here in Ogden. Um, yep. I've seen a lot of your work. It's actually pretty dope. Tell me, and then you were talking to me, you know, you've kind of gone through a few things. So tell me what you got going on right now. Yeah. So, um, right now, just, all right. I recently, I uh, quit my job. I was working a nine to five, um, built up my tattoo career um, as a side hustle, really um, working. Basically, when I got off work, I would go tattoo at nights on the weekends. Um, never saw my wife. So it's it's good to be able to see her again. Um, but yeah, no. And then uh, recently quit my job and went all in on tattooing. Um, have some big plans. Me and my wife are going to be opening up a shop, which we haven't Told anybody about so this is kind of the first place <laughs> that that's been mentioned um so it's, yeah. it's going to be the coolest shop in in ogden for sure that's awesome man so you said tattooing was a side gig for you um yep. what were you doing as as you were uh tattooing as well yeah so i was uh, an enterprise level account executive um so i was in sales i mm. left um, being the the top rep on our team um, and so it was just the time where it was time to cut the cord and, and go all in. Um, but during COVID, you know, I really started focusing heavily on my art, um, got myself an apprenticeship, started tattooing pretty much right from the get go, been booked out ever since then. So it's, it's been blessings The you know, every, all the doors that could possibly be opened have been <laughs> open for me. So I feel like I'm, I'm in line with, uh, kind of my purpose right now. That's awesome, man. So what made you want to, um, and I, by the way, I love that it starts as a side gig. Um, to, but walk, kind of walk us through that because that's something that I like to mention to people, right. Is, is you don't have to jump right into a side gig, you know, and I don't think people should, especially if they're like not prepared, if they don't have like the money, but tell us your experience of, of working a nine to five and working a side gig. And, and when did you know it was the right thing to do to like jump all in? Yeah. So, um, on this podcast, can you swear? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I can't remember who it was, but, um, somebody was talking, I think it was like Sean Whalen, but he was talking about having fuck you money. Um, and so once I started to, to build up that reserve to the point where I could leave my job and be, you know, fine for six months, that's when I knew that I was basically at the point where I could, you know, essentially dip out and, that's when I knew um, that's kind of the point that it was time for me to jump um, and just uh-huh. consistently stay booked out months in advance and continuing to grow my social platforms. Um, and then really when uh, the virus happened and everybody started working from home, um, I could, you know, continue to do social media while I was working my other job and, um, kind of work different avenues. And so it's it, on everything is just, it's worked out, you know, perfectly, honestly. Yeah. And you cut out there a little bit at the beginning, but you were talking about, um, 
just kind of building up those reserves uh, from, yep. from your from your first job and, and from the second job and kind of making it all work out. Um, I like that, though. F you money. Yeah. It's a great yeah. place to be if you, if you can. You know what I mean? And that's what I think that. Uh, um, I think that is probably one of the most important pieces of financial advice you could give somebody <laughs> is like, just be like, always be like, that's why, that's why I think, uh, you know, it's always good. You can call it whatever you want to, uh, F you money. You can call it a six month <laughs> savings, but <plan, Yep. laughs> six yep. months of living expenses, but you need to have something to where you can be like, look, man, I, I need to, and I heard it put really well one time and I, I can't remember how they put it, but it was just like, I'm ready to quit money or something like that. Cause even yep. if you're in like a nine to five, right. You can get caught up in this. Like I have to stay at this job. I hate because I don't, you know what I mean? Because I'm kind of trapped. Oh, yeah. And so, um, that's great though, dude. I, I love that. And I love that you were able to, to work it out kind of methodically and really plan strategically with it. Um, I, I wish that, you know, more people would do that. So how did you inevitably get into tattooing? Because sales to tattooing, I mean, I can see it, but some people might be wondering how that happened, bro. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre, honestly. So um, I've been getting tattooed for a long time. I've built uh, strong relationships with the artist, um, with who I'm working under now. So that that bond was already there. Um, but my wife, she started to tattoo before me, and so me and her have always done everything together. I started bodybuilding. And so she started doing shows with me. Um, so we've done eight shows together. So just naturally, um, anything that one of us does, we kind of do the other or, you know, the other person yeah. does it. So that's kind of yeah. where it all began. And then I started working on my sleeve again. And I was going to originally work under another artist, um, started showing him my work. And he's like, Hey, if I knew you could draw, I'd get you in here. And for <laughs> me, that was that was a green light. I didn't really even get permission. He just said I would get you in here. And so then I just started hanging out at the shop and then um, kind of started tattooing fake skin. And we were talking about, um, you know, try, if I got some people in there, could I start tattooing? And he said, yeah. Um, and then I'd kind of work at other people's stations. And then a girl left in December. And so naturally, like I just, I fit. So it was like a month there without like a, a home. And then once she left, then, then I was in. Yeah. Right on, man. So, but, but, uh, and uh, you mentioned that it's, it was your tattoo. Like you had just liked, and, and that was kind of it. That's how you kind of fell into tattooing. You're like, I like this. I know how to draw. So I've always loved art. I've always loved tattoos. And so it just, I, I never even thought being a tattoo artist was a possibility. Like it was never like in my mind of like, oh yeah, you can be, a tattoo artist for a job. Like it was always like, go to college, yeah. you know, get it. I mean, my parents were always very supportive and they were supportive sure. and, uh, throughout the whole thing, but it was just never even on my mind of that's what I could do. Yeah. Well, and kudos, by the way, like, I feel like parents get a lot of crap for this idea of like going to college or like, you know, really like pushing one kind of agenda. Um, 
Hey, how you doing there? I just wanted to take a quick second and introduce myself. My name is Dre Raka. That's D-R-E-R-A-W-K-A. Yes, that is my legal first and last name. Don't at me. And I wanted to welcome you to my podcast, two of them. I have The Unrestricted Show with me, Dre Raka, and that's where I get to sit down with some of my friends and we chat about life. We chat about new businesses, just everything with me and my homies. And then I also have my other podcast called The Isolation 20 Podcast, where it is mostly just me and we talk about different things from sports to uh, movies and of course the are you dumb moment where I give somebody 15 seconds of fame for being completely dumb and you know I sprinkle in some pranks in there we have a lot of fun on that podcast so definitely come on over and uh, give me a listen give me a a a try trial version if you will allrock.com is where you can find me that's a-l-l-r-a-w-k.com and I hope you have the day you deserve I but I like how you put it I mean, maybe, and maybe, you know, you kind of put that intuitively, but what I got from when you were talking about that was the fact that like, you know, parents just want what's best for their kids. And we're in this new age where like the world is changing. It's not the same as it was 15 years ago. And so, you know, parents are just wanting what's best for their kids. Um, And so that's why they're going to push, like maybe go to college or get like a really steady job or, you know, and I put steady in air quotes because the pandemic, if it taught right. us anything, it taught us that nobody's safe. Yep. You know what yep. I'm saying? Nobody's safe. So uh, that's interesting. But, you, you know, so you get into tattooing um, and, and you never thought that tattooing was going to would be an option. What made you what made it click for you? Like, oh, I could really do this and I could really make some money doing this. Honestly, I just I didn't really have a plan. I was just doing it. I was enjoying it. And then all of a sudden things started clicking and realized like, hey, this could actually be a profession. Um, so, I mean, I really just I my wife was doing so much. And so I wanted to to do some other things, too. I didn't want to feel like I was being lazy. I mean, I was still doing great at my job, but I just felt like there was something more that I should be doing. Um, and so then it was, you know, figuring things out as I went. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. Right on, man. And now one of the things that we had talked about before this podcast, and one of the things that you wanted to talk about, uh, and something that I think that people really like to hear about is this idea of imposter syndrome. So why don't you walk us through why you wanted to talk about that and, and, and what your thoughts are on that? Yeah. So I don't think there's anything that can put you in a more vulnerable place than having somebody trust you to put something on their body for the rest of their life. Um, and actually funny story. So, uh, first week into tattooing, a girl wanted me to tattoo her face and I'll probably get some, some hate for this. Um, and I was like, you know, I was, I was gung ho and ready to do it. And then I kind of put some thought into it as like, Hey, you know, even if you don't care how, you know, this looks, I care how this works. At least give me two weeks. So two weeks into it, I'm tattooing your face, really like, you know, just taking the bull by the horns. And, you know, it was just something that like, hey, I'm confident in myself, Um, you know, and it's so jumping into that, that gave me a ton of confidence right off the bat. Um, But I mean, every single day, you know, putting my artwork out that I mean, it, it wasn't great in the beginning, but I was still posting it on social media and, you know, people were supportive of it. Um, but I mean, every day I'd be going in there and be like, holy shit, man, like I'm a tattoo artist. Like this is, this is bizarre. And I just kept going and 
um, having that strong mindset of like, Hey, like you can do this. Other people have done it. Um, but I mean, every single day, like, I feel like, like, who am I to be a tattoo artist? That doesn't even make sense mm. to me. But I just, you know, I stay disciplined and consistent and I continue to get better and better. And I'm starting to, you know, grow that belief of like, Hey, you belong here. Like you're, you're going to be amongst the greats. And so that's a, that's a thing that, um, you know, I think everybody suffers from is like, who am I to be here? And just, you know, yeah, absolutely. Day in and day out, it, it, the confidence and everything starts to just compile. <laughs> well, and you know, it's funny because I don't really like cliches that much, but there yeah. are some cliches that are, are cliches because they're true. And I definitely still feel a lot of imposter syndrome, like, because I'm a, I'm a sales coach. Um, I just help small business owners learn how to sell, right? Like it's nothing special. Like I know that what I'm doing uh, is necessary, but it's not new. And mm-hmm. for me, I felt a lot of the same things. Right. And I got a lot of like some heat for it. Right. Like, why are you, yeah. why is this guy a sales coach? You know, and, and one thing, and I'm curious to know this about you, but for me, what helped me beat imposter syndrome was like, well, dude, will you, why don't you do it then? Right. Like there's yeah. a million of us out here and, and you're good. Right. Like, why yep. don't you do what I do then? Right. Or, or, or yep. do you th- and and that's always kind of gotten me through because I'm like, look, man, I'm the only one doing it. Like, or or not the only one, but you're not. Like, and, yep. and by the way, if you wanted to, like, I don't really care. Right. But I'm curious for you, like, what helped you overcome? I mean, you mentioned taking the bull by the horns, and by the way, like giving a face tattoo. I could, even if I was a tattoo artist, I could never do that. Yeah. I would be so scared to do that. But yeah. but tell us, like, how you kept getting over that. Um, I think it's just you know habits and rituals um you know going into it every single uh going into it every single day i mean i would listen to lose yourself by eminem every single day and that would just you know that would that would pump me up and um that would just continue to build the confidence in myself i mean every day i mean i in the movie eight mile you know eminem's throwing up in the sink before he goes on stage and i would feel like that and it's just like hey like breathe get through it you're, you're, this isn't going to be the best tattoo in the world, but you're going to learn from it. And as long as you're, yeah. you're doing the work behind the scenes, which I was, I was putting in a lot, a lot of work. And so I knew that I was, um, I wouldn't say deserving right off the bat, but I knew that I was, um, in my mind, I thought I was deserving to be able to do what it was I was doing because I was putting so much work in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's about earning it, right? It's about earning it. And not uh, not feeling entitled like that was something that we talked about today in, in one of our uh, leadership meetings was, you know, earned, not entitled. And it's true. Like a lot of people don't understand that when you. That, w- that when you like just start and when you push through things and when you just keep going, like you learn. Right. So how do you as a tattoo artist. Overcome this idea that like you know, you're always getting better at tattoos. Um, even though like your first tattoos are like going on people. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm my very worst critic. I go home and I tear (laughs) every single piece of work I do apart. Like I'm like, damn, like, why am I even tattooing? Like, what, what am I doing? And so I look at it, I take, uh, my own criticism and then I figure out, okay, what can I do better next time? So whether I'm watching videos, I'm staring at, you know, zooming in on my photos, zooming in at other photos. And it's like, Hey, this is where you went wrong. How can you do this better? And I make sure I don't make the same mistake twice. (laughs) There you go, man. That's it. And, and that's, but that's really it though, isn't it? 
Mm-hmm. We all get so caught up with like all the details and all the minutiae, right? But one of the things that you mentioned when we talked earlier and when we were going back and forth was like, um, and one of the things that I'm like a huge proponent of is just doing it, right? Like even when you feel, and you mentioned, even when you feel stuck, like take action, right? Yep. Yep. So tell tell me more. Yes. I mean, it it comes down from, um, you know, building, building the confidence in yourself by doing it, what it is you tell yourself you're going to do. Um, so, I mean, a thing for me, it's like if you put yourself in situations where uh, things become uh, you, you start becoming more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like, for example, I was scared of heights. <laughs> yeah. And so I wrote down, jump out of a plane. So what did we do for my birthday? We jumped out of a plane. So it's like, hey, check, like this fear is no longer valid. Um, you know, sitting in the shower, turning the cold water on, like this is something I don't want to do. But if I just do it and I get out of my head about it, then I start becoming I start knowing. and here's the thing. I think people know exactly what they need to do. Right. Um, but yeah. they're not putting forth the action or they're thinking about it too much. And so instead of like Mel Robbins talks about in like the five second rule, like you have five seconds to make a decision. And if you make mm-hmm. a decision, like you, you no longer have that thought anymore. And then you start just making momentum and action and taking action. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So by the way, I uh, love you that you brought up that book. Cause it's a great book. Like just get going um, you know, I don't know. Yep. I heard somebody kind of taking this. One of my favorite phrases is done is better than perfect. And, yep. uh, today I kind of thought about that. I had to second guess myself cause somebody used it in a, in a comedy sketch and they were making fun of the phrase. And I was like, yeah, but it's true though. It is. But it's true. You know what I'm it saying? Is. Like, just do it. Just who cares? Like, I remember hearing when I started this podcast and a few other things like YouTube and things. Like your first podcast is going to be shitty. Your first YouTube video is not going to be great, but you have to press record. You have to put it out there. Uh, Otherwise, like what else are we doing, man? Yeah. And and, I mean, I actually put a post on this on my Instagram today where it's a quote from Will Smith, but he says, you learn and fail, your fell fast, fell, fell forward. Like there's no other way to learn other than, you know, if you don't fail, like, I mean, 50 Cent talks about that too. Like, take count your L's, take your L's. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think that uh, I think that losing is you know just as important as as winning, for real. It's the only way you can learn. Well, and you know it's and here's another kind of like counterintuitive way of thinking about it because I'm pretty stoic in the way that I think, um, and that is you know there are some people who will argue that. Uh, failure and success don't exist. Um, and especially like failure, because what did you really do when you failed? Right. Like, mm-hmm. again, I was talking about cliches earlier, like, um, you know, th- you know, what, what is, uh, what does Pitbull say? I've seen a few videos of him going like, uh, no, you know, lo- no losing, only learning. And it's kind of yeah. that idea that people that, that is brought up in some of these like deeper conversations about failure is that like, it doesn't really exist because uh, especially from like a stoic standpoint, you know, you, you're, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And our kind of Western definition of failure is doing something that you weren't supposed to do. Right. And the argument to that is, well, you were there, you were supposed to be there. You were supposed to learn those lessons and you were supposed to really figure out, you know, you were supposed to experience that. Right. And so uh, that's always been an interesting thought for me, but Tell me your kind of 
you know, thoughts around fear and failure, like fearing to fail kind of stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really any, any thought leader talks about the more you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, the more, like the more comfortable your life becomes. Um, if you can put yourself, if, you know, if you're the the warrior in the garden, um, you yeah. understand that if you can put yourself through difficult things on your own, then you never have to be worried about when difficult things are thrown your way because you're already prepared. Um, yeah. So I think just being able to have that, you already have the plan of, you know, knowing that fear exists, but being able to step into it anyways. Um, yeah. That's, that's kind of what my, my thought of it is, is if it's something that I'm scared of, like, one fear is not real i mean it is but it can be overcome like it's something that i'm creating in my mind and so if i can overcome it then what else can i overcome what else am i afraid of that i can do and no longer be afraid of yeah absolutely yeah i think so i think that part of definitely part of um the human experience is to approach any situation just with uh you know, w- yeah, without judgment, right? Because I think that when we fear things, like fear is a judgment. And uh, what did, uh, who is it? Like, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. Um, but there was an author who said like, I've, I've suffered many great tragedies in my life. Uh, only a few of which actually happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i'm yeah, saying it's, yeah it's, 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 true. It's, a, like, it's a story it's a story that you tell yourself like you're <laughs> and, and one of my business coaches uh sean whalen he just says like okay you're afraid to jump out of a plane and then you do it and you're still afraid to jump out of a plane because have you tried to jump out of a plane twice like how do you know that you're still afraid of that like it's a yeah. story that you tell yourself oh for sure yeah i love that I love that uh, that you brought up that word specifically story because it's important for people to understand. Like, um, and when when I talk about stories like that, the story that you tell yourself is always worse than the one that is actually happening, right? Like the reality, um, the story that we build up in our head. You know, therapists call it catastrophizing. Like we tend to do that, right? Like, you know, and and I just always go back to that idea that the story. And and that's why like communication is so important. Like whether you're a business owner, like a tattoo artist or a salesperson or you're who, or like you're in a romantic relationship or in your business relationship, like communicating what's going on is so crucial because of that reason. Like the story is so much worse mm-hmm. in their head than the reality. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tranquility and Roses. Tranquility and Roses offers intention candles. So everything from self-love to abundance, to prosperity, to passion, to alignment and gratitude, there's a candle for everyone and everything in your life. They're made with natural soy wax that is eco-friendly and natural oils safe for the family. And the benefit, they have a burn time of about 30 hours. What are you waiting for? You can use code THETHINKINGPROJECT for 20% off your first order. Go to tranquilityandroses.com. Again, that's code the thinking project for 20% off your first order at tranquilityandroses.com and it'll be the best decision you've ever made. Yep. Absolutely. And I mean once you once you even put that story out there then you can even I mean you put it in somebody else's perspective and then it's just like wait that that that's yeah. not that's not what's actually going on. That's just what my 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 
thoughts are telling me that's not even the actual, you know, that's not even actually what's going on. Yeah. So you mentioned that you have, you had a business coach or you still have a business coach? Yep. Still do. I'm okay. a part of still a, do. a group. Yeah. It's called uh, the Lions Den. Um, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 Sean White. Yeah. Lions, not yeah. sheep. I see their beanie. I see his beanies around everywhere. Bro. Yeah. So I actually tattooed <laughs> him and his wife. And that was, that was no very, kidding. that was very intense for me. Um, and that's another thing. <laughs> yeah, is like, yeah. you know, if, if you reach out and, you know, that was something that I was afraid of. So it's like, well, what am I afraid of? Like, he's a person, I'm a person, reach out to him, let him know you tattoo him and his wife. And then a couple of weeks later, he's like, Hey man, you free? Like, yeah, man, let's do it. So. Oh, really? So that's how you tattooed Sean Whale? You just, you just DM'd him? Yep. I'm a part of his group. And so he, he works with the people he's, he's, he, you know, that are part of his group. And how did you, how did you find him? How did I find him? Yeah. Oh, I've been following, I've been following Sean for okay. four or five years. And then um, yeah. October came around and joined his group and then things just started changing. That's it. Yep. What well, what made you, I mean, besides following him, like I've, I've, I also follow Sean Whalen. I think he's fantastic. I've mm-hmm. never been a part of the group or anything like that, but, um, but I know he's been doing that for a while. Seems all good. What did, what made you want to pull the trigger on that? I think it's just realizing that if you're cutting the cord, it's going all in on yourself. Um, yeah. And so no better way to do it than to be able to figure out ways of leveling myself up. I've always been somebody who tries to, um, you know, do better things. Like I said, I, I, I did bodybuilding. And so like, I'm very disciplined in, in my nature. And so if I can yeah. find somebody that can guide me, that's already been through what I've, what I'm going through and I just follow what they say, then I usually get mm-hmm. great results. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, and especially someone like Sean Whalen, who, who from appearances, like I said, like I, I love him from the outside, right? Like I, I don't know him very well, but from the outside and from appearances, it looks like he knows exactly what's going on. Right. And yep. so he would be a great person to go to, but I'm curious what made you, you know, what made you want to like, or I guess the better question is what made you feel like you wanted to get a mentor and a business coach and what kind of prompted those thoughts to even start with? Like what prevented you from saying instead, maybe like, I'll just figure this out on my own and I'll go through all that. Right. Um, that's a good question. I think it was just more so a conversation between me and my wife is just like, Hey, if we're going to do this, like let's invest in ourselves, let's invest in courses. I mean, I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on tattoo courses. I mean, I've, Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, whatever, whatever it is I need to do, um, it's an investment for myself. It's something that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Um, and so instead of yeah. being from a place of scarcity, being from a place of abundance to be able to, for not only being able to get great coaching, but also be able to uh, surround myself with other like-minded individuals um, to kind of to not necessarily grow my network, but the thought power of everybody kind of working towards a, a common objective. Those are the people that I want to surround myself with. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I think that there is power. You know, I talked to, uh, I talked to Mitch Matthews. He's a former BYU player, former NFL player. Now he's like a really big entrepreneur up in, uh, you know, up in like the Provo Orem area. Um, okay. And he talks about a proximity effect, right. Mm-hmm. And the power that comes from, 
you know, how close, you know, your proximity to successful people and to people who are trying to be like you. Right. And there is a lot of power in that. So, you know, and, and I heard, and I heard it once put like, you know, you need somebody to, you know, you need somebody to mentor. You need, then you need somebody who's on your same level that you can bounce ideas off of. And then you need a mentor. So, you know, you, so you're doing all three, right. You've got all three people kind of in the same, in the same, uh, you know, or, or not, sorry, you've got all of your bases covered essentially. Right. Absolutely. So, that's absolutely. cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For sure, dude. I love that. <laughs> and I love that, you know, more people, more people are, are going into these mentoring, uh, mentoring programs. Um, and, and it's just, it's just great. So, you know, kind of backing up and going a little, a little deeper into your story. Um, what made you want to go into sales and pursue that career in sales? <laughs> so sales is something that I've always, I've always done without realizing that it was sales. I'm working yeah, retail. Okay. Um, I joined the military and so I needed to get school paid for. It's kind of echoing. Um, yeah. Okay. Joined the military, got out, wasn't sure what I was going to do. So original plan was going to be to be, a physical therapist realized I didn't want to do all that schooling. Um, and so when I heard that there was a sales degree and quite frankly, I was trying to find a degree that was easy. Um, and so I've always done sales and I, I started my own personal training business. And so I would just use what was being taught to me um, in school and applying that towards my personal training business. And so yeah. I knew I had a knack for it. And so it, to me, it yeah. just seemed a logical decision. Okay. That's really cool. So you went through the professional sales degree program at Weber? He did. Yeah. Okay. You, and you did, right? I, I did. Yep. Okay. Okay, cool. Sorry. I, I couldn't hear that through the thing, but um, okay. That's really cool. what do you think about that degree, by the way? It was awesome. I mean, I've, okay. it, it, taught, it, it taught me a lot. I actually spoke on their behalf and that was something that I was terrified of doing, but I did like a kind of a public speaking event in front of like 200 business owners that I was, I was shit myself for, but that's oh, when really? I started realizing that, you know, doing things that scare you are going to lead to to bigger and better things. And so it's, it just can continue to grow from there. So they, they did like a business event and did, were you the only speaker? Or did they have a lot of other people come and speak? Yeah. So there's two others. So they were trying to find people who um, basically got put into like a, a good job that. Um, it was basically oh, okay. a way to prov- it was basically a way to teach business owners why they should send their employees to the the sales program, and so it was be- me basically talking on behalf of the sales program of what it did oh. for me and, and where I'm at now. I yeah, can't remember what the, the that was called, but yeah, it was like no, that's like, cool though. So so yeah. they 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 brought some alumni back to talk Correct. about how the the sales program to business owners. Correct. So they're trying to find like employees, pluck employees, exactly. like employees out. And exactly. send them to their, that's interesting, mm-hmm. man. I mean, look, it's, it's a, a great idea for Weber. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good investment yeah, across great. the board. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like my sales career, I've, I'm probably the same as you. In fact, I wanted to ask you about the tattoo courses, but I yeah. probably spent, you know, you know, probably 10 or 15 grand over the years. Um to learn selling and to, to go to seminars and to read books and to buy courses and access to mentors and things like that. 
Um, but me, how does a tattoo? Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. So on that, um, and this is something that's my own perspective, but even so, if you spent ten to fifteen thousand dollars on sales courses, and let's say you didn't yeah. really learn a whole lot, um, but does that now give you the confidence to be like, hey, I've spent a lot of money on, uh, you know, furthering my education. Now I feel like I'm eligible to go out and teach. Um, I, I think. I mean, t- the short answer would be yes. The longer answer would be, I think the the money that I spend on the course is translated into experience and results. And that's what I typically use. You know, For I sure. will tell people like, yeah, I spent money on courses and I spent a long time learning this. But I also spent a long time uh, in the field and mm-hmm. I actually have sold to people this century. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. So, but yes, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah. I mean, it does. Cause there's some credentials there, right? Like, okay, this guy mm-hmm. spent money, he's done it. Uh, there must be something there kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and so just the confidence think, you put in yourself to say like, Hey, like I'm willing to do what it takes. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, yeah. It, yeah. And the confidence, yeah. To really do what it takes, like you said. Uh, and then I think just, you know, also I think sales is one of those things where there's a paradox, right? It's like, not every salesperson is a good sales manager, yep. but every sales manager must have been a good salesperson, right? There, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, yeah, I mean, you were in sales, right? Like if, if yep. this guy, if you're talking to this guy and, you know, let's say he, let's say he didn't necessarily sell maybe transportation technology, like what you were selling, right? Yeah. Um, but let's say he's like pretty good at selling and he knows what he's talking about at least. And you're like, okay, he's sold so I can get something from this. Uh, I mean, if he has the transportation experience, even better, but you'd, you, you'd be like, all right, let's play ball. Right. But if he's got, he or she's got no experience, right. Yeah. Get out of here. You've never yeah. asked somebody <laughs> for money. <laughs> no, dude, that's not how this works. Right. 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 <laughs> like you don't, you're now you're just telling me theories that I, and if I just wanted theories, I could go on YouTube and watch exactly. some crazy <laughs> crackpot and not pay exactly. you. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me though, from it, cause I, I'm, I know there's a lot of value in tattoo courses, but I'm just curious from a, like a course perspective, what the tattoo course was like for you. Like what, how do they do? Is it like, do they have like uh web, like online courses or is it like, or did you like go somewhere for a day at like a seminar kind of thing? Both. So they have okay. online courses. Um, it's basically like close ups. Um, but honestly, what the reason why I get into courses is I figure out, okay, this course is now giving me access to the person who's teaching the course. These are the people who I want to be asking the questions that I need to be asking. These are the relationships that I want to be building. Um, so if I can surround myself with some of the best teachers, the best artists, um, then it just, it, it puts me in a, in a, in a different league. Um, and puts my, my thought perspectives because for me, when I feel like I know somebody or I feel like they're more relatable, then it's more tangible. Like to me, Sean Whalen was yeah. like a, a figure in my mind, but now that I've met him, I'm like, okay, he's done these things so I can do these things too. Like he's somebody that I've met and, and asked questions to. So now he's a real person. He's, you know, he's not the rock, like the rock to me, it's like, Oh, don't put somebody on a pedestal, but it's like the rock is like, he's next level. Yeah. Stuff. There's a, he's yeah. a figment of our imagination. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of how I see things. 
No, it's true though. But yeah, I've I've seen some like famous people in real life, and I'm like, this is a dream. Like, yep. you know what I mean? You kind of like think you're watching TV again, and you forget yeah. that, like it's real life or whatever, right? right? <laughs> yeah, like exactly. I'm seeing this person. You're like I'm seeing this person, but I'm not sitting on a couch, and they're not on TV. And exactly, why is it, why is this happening? Yeah, no, I totally get that. But that's cool. The only reason I ask that is there are some things that are like really hard to teach over like an online course. But I like, I really appreciate what you said about it's not necessarily about the content of the course, you know, as much as what you were talking about, which is access to the teacher. Exactly. Did you, was there always access to the, to the instructor? Or did you um, just I like mean, find a way to get access to the instructor? The second part. So somebody's <laughs> paying, if, if somebody's paying for your services and you know that they're paying for your services and they're letting you know how great your services are, you now know who that person is. And if they ask you a question, you're like, well, they're paying for, you know, my coaching. They're asking me a question. Like you're more likely to be answer. able to answer them. Yeah, I am with you, by the way, because I so I have an online course. And one of the things that I did to make it different than other online courses was I put in there, like, if you buy the course, if you buy the video course, any video course that I offer, you automatically get access to my discord channel, where you where we have one to one conversations like, you know, I have a separate like one on one mentoring program. But mm -hmm. anybody who buys it like gets the discord because I just there's so many nuances and I want people to feel like they're getting a lot of value out of it. And if you get access to the instructor, that's the most value that you can, you know, that you can give somebody. Right. Right. And here's yeah. something I want to ask you being in, on the other end of that. How many people do you have that are actually taking advantage of that? Oh, yeah. Great question. Not a lot. So I, exactly. but I make it known, you know what I mean? But I'm, I, but it's very, it's advertised, like very obvious, like, and I'm, and I, you know, I send a welcome email, things like that. And I make sure people know like, Hey, just so you know, like you need to be in here asking questions. I'll uh -huh. answer them. You know what I mean? If you want to jump on a call within read, like, you know, I can't jump on four hour calls, but if you want to hop on a quick 30 minute, 45 minute call and, and pick my brain, like you paid for the course, like, that's what I need you to do to make sure you get this step right. Um, because one of the things that I love talking about is the future of education uh -huh. um, and how rapidly it's going to change. Like there's, so oh, yeah. let me back up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that there's going to be, a, there needs to a lot of pillars that are currently in our society are going to have to fall before we can really disrupt education. But uh, I, you know, how long does that take? I don't really know, but once those fall and they will eventually fall, like, uh, education is going to be wide open and it's going to be this, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? It's going to be people, you know, paying way less for a college degree, mentor, real life mentors. Um, I think there's going to be more apprentices, apprenticeships, oh, yeah. more on the job training and stuff like that. Like I'm from Iowa. Yeah. Like I knew what OJT meant when I was five, uh -huh. because everybody, if you were a farmer, like you didn't go to college to be a farmer, you woke up at four o'clock in the morning and you met the farmer out on the field. You know what yeah, I'm saying? You, you were doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> like we detasseled corn in the summer yeah. kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. If you wanted to learn welding, you didn't, 
you you went to like two weeks or, or like three weeks of welding school and then you went and found and then you went and found a job and they taught you how to really weld you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying oh yeah so and maybe welding school is longer than that i don't know i didn't go to right. welding school. right <laughs> <laughs> But the thing I wanted to to kind of point out about that question is how many people are taking advantage of it. It's a, it's a different mindset shift, right? Like it's okay. Am I just checking the box or am I, you know, as uh, Seth Godin's book, the linchpin, like, are you figuring out Mm -hmm. ways to, you know, access different people, different questions, like uh, going back to imposter syndrome, who the hell am I to tattoo Sean Whalen and his wife? Like they Mm -hmm. could afford the top tattoo artist of all time, like easily, no problem. And who yeah. am I to, who am I to tattoo him? It's, I don't know. Let's try it. Let's try it and see. Yeah. But that's kind of cool that he does that for his group. So he, he invests back into his people. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. What a great, what a great way to do that. Yeah. Like I said, uh, on the outs, on the surface, it, 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 you know, and I'm sure it is, I'm sure it, it's all the way through. I just, I just say that because like, I've gotten in trouble sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that guy's great. They're like, you don't even know that guy. I'm like, okay, right. you're right. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but I don't know if, if Sean's listening to this, I have, I, I love, I love anybody who tries to make other people, other people better. And I love that because the world needs more of that. Like we got to stop, we got to stop like fighting each other and we just got to start listening to each other and helping each other. Like, like there is an abundance mindset that comes with being some any kind of like mentor or coach like yeah dude learn how to sell like you're not going to take anything away from me <laughs> right, right? Exactly. Or, i don't care if, i don't care if there's 15 other tattoo artists like you're not going to take anything away from me right no no absolutely not there's absolutely. way more people that could use a service than not <laughs> right yeah dude i actually got mm, my first tattoo well i started my half sleeve in in 2020 and okay. finished it last finished it finished my half sleeve last year I, I hope i hope eventually to get it all done yeah uh, to finish the to finish the sleeve but but the guys that i go to the my artist who started it um is booked out forever man those guys are oh, yeah. crazy but yeah, it's amazing it's unreal to me how far you guys get booked out by the way well, it, I mean, I could, I, I mean, I could legit probably be like booked out, like, you know, easily six months in advance. Um, but that's a yeah. lot of, that's a lot of just uncertainty. I mean, if you, I mean, we like me and my wife like to travel a lot. And so, oh, you know, yeah. we're only book out a few months at a time and then just cut it off. But I also feel like that's also yeah. kind of an abundance thing, meaning like, oh, if I don't get this person right in and that right now, they're gone forever and they're going to go to somebody else. And I feel like that's, more of a, a scarcity thing rather than an abundance yeah. thing. There's no like, Hey, like I'm going to only have my books open once a month. Um, and if you mm-hmm. choose to go somewhere else, that's fine. But I know that, you know, I'm going to fill my books every single month without you know, yeah. having any worry. Oh, then that, what a great uh, sales. That That's one of my favorite ways to like approach selling too, is like, look, you can do it or you cannot. Um, it's going to get done either way. If you yeah. want to sweet, if not, no worries. Right. There's a lot of like it's a counterintuitive approach because people, people like that. Yeah, you know they're like, oh, okay, well if this guy's selling out every month, he he must not be, he must not be that bad, right? Right. Not not saying that you're bad, but I'm that's no, what's going sure. on in people's heads, right? For sure. Is like kind of that kind of that you sell with like that scarcity, like there's not a lot of. I mean that's why you can charge so much for, 
you know, these Rolex watches or something like that. Cause yeah, sure. Yeah. There's everybody's got one, but also nobody has one. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's cool, just man. a different mind. It's just a different, different mindset shift is really, really all it is. I agree. I agree with you. I think that's, I think that's really cool. So, um, well, you know, before we wrap this up, I don't want to take your whole night, but I really appreciate the time that you have given uh, yeah, so thank far. You, man. Thank um, you. Where can um, people find you if they want a tattoo, if they want to pick your brain, where can they go to get a hold of you, man? Yeah. So I have a few, I mean, I have inked underscore era on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Um, and then just recently I got more involved on TikTok, which is just okay. inked era. Um, and so that's that's a big thing that's going on right now. So I'm a lot more active on there. And then Facebook, I just yeah. post different like motivational stuff. And that's just my name, Spencer Rogich. Okay. Right on, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a real pleasure. And thank you so much, man. Cool. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you.